somebody right now, don't hold back that praise. Don't hold back that worship. Give it to Him. He's worthy of it tonight. Glory. Hallelujah. God, we give You our highest praise tonight. We give You our highest praise tonight. Amen. Amen. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Jesus. Amen. Thank You, choir. Amen. For leading us tonight into the presence of the Lord. Amen. It feels good in the house of the Lord tonight. Amen. I don't ever want us to embrace something that is nothing. But also, I don't ever want us to push away something as nothing when it's everything. The Bible says that there would be some that would trade the truth of God for a lie. But the Bible also says, and we'll get to it here in a little bit, that there are some that were invited, that were called by, by name, that will not taste of that supper. So it is important tonight that we not just assume, but that we are assured. That I not just think that all is well and think that everything is alright and that I'm making it and I'm good and I, I want to be assured tonight I want to leave this place with certainty in my mind and in my spirit that I know without a shadow of a doubt where I stand who I serve and what I'm living for Amen Matthew chapter 25 verses 31 through 34 Matthew chapter 25, begin reading verse 31. The Bible says, When the Son of Man shall come in His glory, and all the holy angels with Him, then shall He sit upon the throne of His glory, and before Him shall be gathered all nations. And He... Not me, not you, not your neighbor, not your hater. He shall separate them one from another. As a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come. Ye blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And I kind of want to pick off on where we stopped last Sunday night and tonight for a little while with the help of the Holy Ghost. And I mean that sincerely tonight. I want to preach to you on this subject. There is a difference. There is a difference. Father, we love you tonight. I thank you for your presence that we feel. 
I am thankful for all that you have done, God, and, and the groundwork that you've already begun to do, Lord, so that your word could find a place to settle tonight. I pray, oh God, tonight that we would leave assured that we would know who we are and who we serve and where we are going. I pray that tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. You can be seated in the house of the Lord tonight. You have seen the pictures, perhaps on menus or in children's workbooks, or perhaps the last one that I saw that was on the back of a cereal box. Brother Ridge, do you have that picture for me? Let's throw that up there. Two images. Two images that at first glance will seem exactly the same. You find them and they are hidden within are certain differences that are actually making the image very, very different. On this side, it's got two bees. But on this side, there's actually three bees. And if you were really paying attention you would realize that though it may look the same, it may appear that way to everybody else, but you have noticed that there is a difference. Early on, the differences seem to be easier to spot. But the older you get and the busier the picture becomes, the more challenging it can be to spot the difference. You would think that the older that you get and the wiser that you get, the more convenient it would be for you to notice the differences. But the fact is, the challenges become much tougher. The things that we face as we get older become more difficult, and, and it just blurs and messes the picture up even more. Today, there are many that wear the banner of a Christian. They carry around the title, Child of God. They have the WWJD bracelet close by and the crosses in their home and Bibles on every bookshelf and KSBJ on every radio. And in an hour where it should be easy to spot the difference and know there is a difference, it seems at times so muddled. In Matthew 23, he says, Even so ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men. But within, ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. He says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees and hypocrites, for ye are like unto whited sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanness. If people's outward appearance was a representation of their inward man, what would you look like tonight? If your inside and your heart and your soul was what we were looking at tonight, what would we see? Would you be as beautiful tonight? Would you be as handsome and glorious and righteous looking? And I'm not here tonight to separate the sheep from the goats. That's not my job. And that's not your job. He said that there would come a day he was going to take care of that. But what I am here for tonight is to stir somebody to take a look around and a glimpse in the mirror and make sure 
Be certain. Be assured tonight when you leave this place that I am who I say I am. And I have what I say I have. And I know who it is that I serve. And I know where I am going someday. This is not something I do. It's who I am. Because there are some that are going to be surprised one day when God decides it's time to start dividing and separating the sheep from the goats. There will be some sheep that we thought would not be sheep. And there will be some that we thought were sheep that on that day we will find out are goats. In an hour where it should be so easy to spot the difference between the world and what many call the church, to the outsider it's becoming very difficult because so many claim to be the difference. So many claim to have truth and so many claim to have the grasp on the gospel. So many claim to really have it. But the truth is... That we perhaps have been so cautious not to allow wolves into the fold that we have ignored the goats. It crept in perhaps even unaware and it's made itself comfortable on the pew. They have been around the sheep for so long. They smell like sheep. They bow like sheep. They've even let you count them like sheep. And I'm not talking about here at Greater Life Church. I'm talking about in the world tonight. That that is where we are at. And you see, they have worked up the outside enough where at first glance they appear to be sheep. When there's a bunch of sheep in the field and a few goats in the mix and you're just scanning the crowd, it's not so easy to identify the goats that are there. Just looking at the image, they both are white, they're both short in stature, they both have four legs, they both have floppy ears, and, and by appearance they, they look a lot alike. They appear to have it all together. Their coat looks perfect, they seem peaceable, they seem like they are one of the flock, and now they have pulled the wool over your eyes. And we have fed it, we have raised it and cared for it, not ever realizing what we have done. We've coddled it, we've given it a name, and so the goats have come and mingled with the sheep. And though they don't necessarily look the part on the outside, it's practically the same thing, right? They're the same. As long as it doesn't stir up any trouble, it can stay. But you see, the problem with the goat is the goat wanders. They like to see what else may be out there. They like to separate themselves from the crowd. They get involved in other things. Goats are always trying to live on the outside of parameters and don't want anyone telling them where to go and they don't like being led. They damage things. They require constant care. They can be nasty and mean. They want to be independent. And they will consume just about anything that you throw their way. This is not KJV tonight. This is FACT tonight. 
This was found in studies and research of people, not in the Bible, but people who just study the difference between a sheep and a goat. They become a distraction to the sheep. They become rebels in the field and, and they try to convince the sheep, look what I can do. I'm over here on this side of the fence and then I can come back on this side of the fence and I can consume the can. I can consume whatever I want to and I'm fine and I'm still allowed to be in the herd and I'm still allowed to participate. And then here's the problem. They mingle with the sheep giving in to their instincts. And by that, they create an offspring that is both sheep and goat. But the problem with what they call shoats or geep, truly, is that if the offspring survives, IF, if the offspring survives, It is completely unnormal. But nearly every single one will end up giving birth to a lifeless shoat. Every time there's expectancy... Every time you think there's promise, every time you think breakthrough is coming and something real is about to take place and you somehow keep getting disappointed and you keep getting something lifeless and dead and it's because of the goats. It's because there have been some things that have gotten in the pool and they've gotten in the field and they've been allowed to mingle with the things of God and because of that, we are birthing lifeless things and we're trying to produce new sheep and we're trying to do something great for God but all that's coming is lifeless lifeless, lifeless because no matter how much they appear to go together it will never produce life sheep and goats look so much alike but are so very different if you being called a Christian was predicated And it should be on whether or not you are doing the job or not. Would you still get to be called a Christian? If it was predicated on you being called a Christian based on how you treat people outside of these walls, and it should be, would you still be called a Christian? Would they look at you and say, this person very much is Christ-like? This person is loving and kind and compassionate and merciful and good. And and that person, I could put the title Christian on that person. If a doctor was not doing his part in helping, and he walked into a room and he was dressed the right way, he had the degree on his wall that says, I am a doctor. And he walks into a room and he says, Nah, I'm not getting involved. I'm not going to participate in this. And he walked out the door of every single patient that came in. And he never helped them. He never administered medication. He never referred them to somebody else. He just brushed them off time and time again. That man would lose his job because that man is not a doctor. You can call yourself whatever you want, but if you're not doing what it is you're saying you are, 
then you, my friend, are a phony. I can't only just spot the difference. I've got to know the difference. And I've got to make sure that I'm being the difference. And I'm allowing the difference to get into my life and allow me to influence people. Our world has a saying, don't be a sheep. Don't be a slave to a shepherd. Follow your own path. Do That sounds like a goat talking. It says they all behave in the same way. Sheep do. All behave as they are told. And cannot or will not act independently. Hear me tonight. This guy right here cannot act independently I cannot allow my own feelings and my own emotions and my flesh to let me do whatever it wants to do because if I did what I wanted to do all the time if I just followed after my flesh all of the time then I would find myself in a world of hurt you hear me I can't live one day thinking I do not need God I can't live one day thinking I can keep living this life without having a church family to come be a part of I can't live one day without getting on my knees and saying God I need your help today because I will mess it up without you I will fall on my face if you do not help me so God if that's what being a sheep is I'll be a sheep I want to be led by you I want to make sure I'm in the fold and doing the right thing by serving you Psalms 81 said but my people would not hearken to my voice and Israel would none of me So I gave them up unto their own heart's lust, and they walked in their own counsels. It's the goat. I cannot be left to my own vices. We read it last Sunday. A child left to himself bringeth shame. The Bible says the heart is deceitfully wicked. It says in James the tongue cannot be tamed. It says in Matthew my hand can offend me and my eyes can offend me. My feet can stumble. Scripture says in Romans 7 in me dwelleth no good thing. So I cannot rely on myself. I cannot try to live independently. So call me a sheep. I don't want to be anything else. I want to be led by you. His word says we are his people. We are the sheep of his pasture. The Bible says the Lord is my shepherd and he goes before me. He leadeth me beside still waters. He leads me down paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He said my sheep know my voice. God in a world that says don't be a sheep I want to be a sheep. In a world that says go do your own thing I can't afford to do my own thing. When the goats around telling me eat and consume whatever I want God help me to take a stand and say no I can't do that I can't do that because I'm being led by somebody who cares for my well being just because I'm in the field doesn't mean I'm a sheep I've got to know there is a difference just because I've been allowed to grow in the field doesn't mean that I am wheat 
For God said that He would allow the tares to stay for a season. And then at harvest time, then at harvest time, He would separate the tares from the wheat. Why? Because they're different. One belongs and one goes to the fire. One is worth something and one could never find its worth and was put there by an enemy in the night while men slept. Don't mistake God's grace as God granting. God allowed the goats to remain for a season. And God allowed the tares to grow with the wheat for a season. But there is coming a day where God is going to separate where God is going to begin to push this side over here and this side over here and I want to make sure at the end of it all that I am wheat, that I am a sheep that I am something he can say well done thou good and faithful servant because the left and the goats and the tares they don't get the promise they don't get the blessings of God there is a difference And don't think just because God's let you be here tonight and that God's let you sit on a pew and that God has let you bask in His presence that you're automatically a sheep, that you're automatically wheat. God, don't ever let me get to the place where I think I deserve this and I've earned this and I've done something so wonderful. God, I want to know tonight because you declare it over me. You can think all day long, but I want to not only know the difference, I want to be different. Ezekiel twenty-two twenty-six says, Her priest have violated my law and have profaned mine holy things. They have put no difference. If I let them try to do it, they put no difference there between the holy and profane. Neither have they showed difference between the clean, unclean and the clean. The message translation said they can't tell the difference between sacred and secular. They tell people there's no difference between right and wrong. Scripture goes on to say in Ezekiel, And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it but I found none he said if I let them do it they don't know how to divide they don't don't even know the difference between right and wrong so when it comes time to separate some things and to, to divide some things and put a difference there, that's got to be on my part. I'm the one that draws the line. Exodus 7, he said that ye may know how that the Lord doth put a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. We read it last Sunday night in Exodus 8. And I will put a division between my people and thy people. Tomorrow shall this sign be. We read where God puts a line of demarcation. And he separated the two because of where they chose to live. But later we find another demarcation that comes. It did not matter where you lived. It did not matter what your name was. 
It did not matter what your title was. It did not matter what you dressed like or what you professed. It did not matter what field you found yourself in. This time, what separated them from the rest was the blood that was applied. It wasn't that I lived in Goshen that made the difference. It wasn't that I claimed myself a Hebrew that made me safe. I could live in the field and still not be a sheep. And I can grow in the field and still not be wheat. And I can live in Goshen and still lose my firstborn. Because none of that is the difference maker. The difference maker is the blood. The difference maker is the thing that covers me. And when things come, it's that marking. It's that sign that says, this one belongs to me. This one is mine. The lamb is in that house. And so... I press on. Exodus 12, he said, Take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door post of the house wherein they shall eat it. For I will pass through, in verse 12, the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord and the blood and the blood and the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are. And when I see the blood, when I see the blood, when I see that now you have done your part, I drew the first line. Now you're going to draw the next line. I marked that first line of demarcation. Now I want to know, are you willing to get on board with this? Are you willing to say, God, you've separated me, but now I want to separate some things and I want to draw some lines of my own. I want to put some lines of demarcation of my own and say I want to be saved. I want my family saved. I want to make sure that I'm in the house where the blood is. I want to make sure I'm in the home where the lamb is. Oh that scripture said that you have saved us from the very beginning that we were your sheep. The blood shall be a sign, a signal, a distinguishing mark, a banner. The blood is going to be the difference maker. It doesn't matter if I have a lot of money if the blood's not applied. It doesn't matter where I live if the blood is not applied. It doesn't matter what my name or position may be if the blood is not applied. It doesn't matter that I sit on a pew every Sunday if the blood is not applied. It doesn't matter that I lift my hands and I worship and I shout if the blood is not applied. He said when I come, when I come and I get ready to divide, when I come and get ready to put some difference there and begin to separate some things, I'm looking for the blood. I'm looking to see who's put it on their family. I'm looking to see, are you saved? Are you saved? Do you have the blood in your life? Come on, if you've got the blood applied tonight, why don't you stand and lift your hands right now and say, thank you God that I am saved. Thank you God that I am victorious. God, I want to be different. I want something real. I want to know without Without a doubt, I am saved. 
Remain standing. There is a difference. There is a difference. And it is up to me to apply it. God's not going to do it for me. He drew the line. He gave direction. Now it's my turn. And while the sign was no doubt for God, I wonder if anyone walked down the street and said, Oh, oh, they're saved. Oh, they're, they're somebody. They've got the lamb in their house. Oh, I just feel something. And it's more than a feeling. I can see the difference. I can see that they don't belong in Egypt. I can see that they're not of this world. I can see that they were strangers. I can see that they are longing for a better country. I can see that they have hope beyond this present world. How do you know? How can you tell the difference? The blood. The blood, it makes a difference. The blood is the difference. And don't forever one second think that just because of where we live that we are exempt. Had he come that night and gone through Goshen and they were in there playing dominoes, eating popcorn, hanging out. Oh! I forgot to apply the blood. It doesn't matter where you find yourself. It doesn't matter where you claim to live. If the blood is not applied, then you're in trouble. But if you know, if you're assured, if you can leave tonight saying, I know, I know. We used to sing it, I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood for me. Yeah. I know. I know because when that plague came through that night and it passed by my house and my baby was still over there and it didn't touch my home and it went to my neighbors and it passed by their house. Don't you know that night they were saying, I'm so thankful for the blood. I'm so thankful for the blood. I'm so thankful for the blood of Jesus. I'm so thankful that it saved me and cleansed me and washed me. So don't think that we're exempt. We need the blood. And also don't think for one second that we are deserving and entitled of this. Don't think that revival is only capable of happening inside of this building. Brother Dwayne mentioned it just a moment ago. What is happening happening in that college campus right now? There are so many opinions. They're everywhere. But I tell you what. The Bible still says that he that hungers and thirst after righteousness shall be filled yeah there's some that are going there because they they want to just see what's going on they want to ridicule they want to mock but there are some there that are desperately looking for something from god there are some there that are hungry there was some that were there last night that are upci that were there and they they said that they had 10 received the gift of the holy ghost they went to a hotel swimming pool and baptized eight in Jesus' name. Hey, if ten's all that gets it, to God be the glory. But I believe that because of this, there's more that are going to be coming. 
One of them was given a chance to speak in the microphone and he said, Acts 2.38 says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. John 1 and 1, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And they pulled the mic away from them. That's enough, church. If he could say that, if he could just put it in their ear so that they go home and begin to pray about it and begin to seek it, maybe the blood could be applied there. Maybe they can say, I want to be a part of that. Luke 14 tells us a certain man made a great supper and bade many and sent his servant at supper time to say unto them, that were bidden. That means they were called by name. They had an invitation with their name on it. I want Greg Starks at my supper. I want Pastor Hughes at my supper. I want David Goss at my supper. Come, for all things are now ready. The Bible says, and they all with one consent began to make excuse. I thought you were a sheep. I thought you were wheat. I thought you were, you were the one that was called by name. I thought there was something different about you. He said, I'm looking for somebody hungry. I'm looking for somebody that is hungry. And if I have to pass up you that have a name on an invitation, then I will do it. I know you attend Greater Life Church. I know you're full of the Holy Ghost and you've been baptized in Jesus' name and you're faithful in your tithes and your giving and you're faithful in your attendance and you're faithful in your worship. But when I bid you come, when I'm ready for you, when I begin to separate and put the sheep over here and the goats over here, I want to know which side that you're on. I want to know, are you coming to supper or are you finding an excuse to stay home? The Bible said, so that servant came and showed the Lord these things. And he said, go out quickly. Go fast into the streets and the lanes of the city. Bring hither the poor, the maimed, the halt, the blind, the drug addict, the college student, the one that just went to see what it was all about, the one that heard something was going on in Kentucky, the one that heard that there was a revival breaking out on a college campus. They didn't really know what was going to happen, but they walked in without the Holy Ghost, and they walked out with the Holy Ghost. You hear me? He's looking for somebody hungry that's looking for something different that says, I want to make sure I am saved. He said, the Lord said unto the servant, go out into the highways and hedges, compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. I don't care who you find. I don't care what their past is. I don't care what they've done. I want my house filled. For I say unto you that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. Not one of those sheep will taste my supper. Not one of that one that was growing there as wheat will taste my supper because somewhere along the way they felt entitled 
They felt like they deserved it. They felt like they had a hold on everything. There are going to be some that end up at the supper that you would have never dreamed. But there's also going to be some that are not there that you never would have imagined missed it. Because they were called but had become so busy and caught up with other things. God, I can't assume. I can't assume. I've got to know. I've got to know. I have got to know of a certainty that I am saved. How do I know that? The blood. How do I know I'm safe? The blood. How do I know I'm okay? The blood. It still makes a difference. The blood is still that indicator today. When he comes back again and he's looking, are you a sheep or a goat? Are you wheat or are you a tear? God, I pray tonight that before we leave this place, that we would know there is a difference. And I've got to search myself, God. I've got to really look deep and not just assume because I'm in the field that I'm a sheep. God, I could have been going all this time thinking I was a sheep, but Really, I was unruly. Really, I was consuming things that were not good for me. Really, I was causing problems. But God, before it's too late, I want to make sure I'm a sheep. I want to make sure I'm saved. I want to make sure that I'm on the right path. God, I know I'm in the garden box. I know I'm there in the field. And I felt like I was wheat. I felt like I was growing. And you pass by every day and you watched as I grew but God don't let me think for one second God that I could possibly not be wheat because of some things I've done or things that I've said or or that I'm here by accident but hear me tonight you are not here by accident and God is here tonight to tell somebody I still want you in my kingdom I still desire for you that first verse there he says when the son of man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory and all nations shall come and he shall divide but verse 34 said the king will say unto them on his right hand to those that were his sheep come ye blessed of my father inherit the kingdom and I love this part prepared for you from the foundations of the world. That's what God has in store for somebody here tonight. When that day comes, He can say, Come into this place that I have set aside just for you. I've been watching you in the field. I've been watching you grow. I've been watching you be a child of God all these years. And now, and now I've come to call my sheep home. And I've come to tell you, come enter in to your rest. Enter in to glory. Enter into the place that I have prepared for you from the very beginning. God, tonight all over this house, 
God, help me to draw some lines of my own tonight. God, let me get the blood out and let me put it on the doorpost. Let me put it over us again. God, we used to plead the blood. We used to pray, God. We used to plead with you, oh God, claiming that blood that still works and delivers and heals. God, tonight, help me to get that brush out again and begin writing some lines of my own. God, for my family, come on, I open these altars tonight for somebody that wants to declare, I know it was the blood. It was the blood that was applied over my life that saved me. It was the blood that kept me all this time. The blood is that difference maker. I know things may look alike. I know it may seem the same. But God, I've got to know that difference. I've got to make sure it's over my life again. Come on, draw some lines again. God, those lines have been blurred. Those lines have been tainted. But God, right now, I apply the blood again. God, I apply the difference again in my life. Oh, it's the blood of Jesus. Oh, come on, come on, apply the blood over your life again. God, I don't assume that it's just mine. God, I don't come in with entitlement, God, and a haughty spirit. I come in, God, grateful. Thankful for the blood. Thankful that you've given me this opportunity, God. Oh, I want to come to that place you prepared. I want to enter in, God, to that supper that you have prepared. Oh, Mahasataya Oh, I'm hungry tonight, God. I'm hungry tonight for that thing that's different. Oh, we're running, 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 oh, we're running